I'm Leonard Nimoy. Join me for In Search of... An Artemis! Welcome to the podcast. This is Jim Gentilly. We are recording Sunday morning, October 4th, 2020. Two more months left in this particular year, which recalls the title of a 1983 film, The Year of Living Dangerously. But we are still here, and by we, I mean John Heights in Chicago, Illinois, Peggy Bennett in Grand Rapids, Michigan, Shelley Cummings in Indianapolis, Indiana. Welcome all. How are you guys? I appreciate the enthusiasm, Jim. Yes. Very enthusiastic for a Sunday morning. Good morning. Is the sun up by you guys? No. no. The sun just came up in Chicago. The sun just well, came up. Well, it's an hour earlier in Chicago, of course. Well, and just, I don't think it's, there is going to be sun here today. Yeah. It's very dreary. No, I just mean, I mean daylight. I mean sunrise. It is sunrise. daylight here. Yes, yes it daylight. is. That's all it I is. meant. I'm sorry. I did this? Yeah, it's cloudy in Chicago as well. I try not to look at the outside or ever be outside, so I don't know what this sun <laughs> thing depressing. you guys keep referring to is, but... Uh, so depressing. Um, what is this sun? What is this strange sun you keep referring to? So we are going to start today's show, as we do so many shows, with our segment called Top of Mind. And I will start Top of Mind, if you guys are okay by saying that in the New York Times book review today, October 4th, there are reviews of two books that raise one of the favorite podcast topics, Sex with Robots. And that's on the top of my mind. I was reading it earlier this morning, and it's on the top of my mind. Who wants to go next? I already did mine. I mean, I, my top of mind for me is sunrise, sunset time. I, I personally, this is the fall. I hate this time of year. <laughs> I hate it for a million reasons. I hate the coming cold. I hate those shorter days. I hate the the lack of light. I mean, in this, I mean, this is a cliche, right? But in the summer, it's four. It's it'll be like seven p.m. in the summer, and I'll be going like, "Hey, what are we gonna do today?" And and in this time of year, it's like four p.m. and I'm like putting on my pajamas and want to go to bed. Oh, it's the best. I love it. I hate this. Having a reason to fall. Imagine if you had lived in a time when uh, there was no like artificial light to speak of. I know, I know, I know. I keep picturing a Christmas Carol, and I think about like you know Scrooge walking around with the candle, the one candle he'll give to the guy who works for him with Tiny Tim's dad. What's his name? Uh, Nobody knows Tiny Bob Tim's Cratchit. dad's name. Bob. Cr- ding, that's ding, not his, wow, that's not his that's not his dad, right, is top it? Top of mind, Shelly. Yes. That's Bob Bob Cratchit is Tiny Tim's dad. Yeah, he is. I, I thought so. Yes, that yeah, is correct. All right, fine. For sure that he is. is correct. Okay. And he has one candle from Scrooge. And that would be terrible. And today's no topic, more. by the way, in case, is Dickensian literature. But before we get to that, <laughs> Shelly, what's on the top of your mind? Johnny is an English teacher after all, so we have to <laughs> indulge him a little bit. Mine is um, a little depressing. I've been putting it off all week long. Is it but... more depressing than John hates the fall? Well, yes, because it impacts two people's lives. Um, oh, dear. On my team, I have to eliminate two positions. Oh, oh my do God. Do they listen to the podcast and do right, they Yeah, know? right. I hope not. No and no. Um, <laughs> I was just thinking so... the same thing, John. So we'll, by the time this podcast airs, approximately six days from now, we'll, it, it'll, it'll be, be decided. Done. Yeah. Oh, you I'm have sorry for you and them. Yeah. Lives. So is, I have to create. Hmm. I have to figure out how, which two, which two, and my company's making me do it in a way that I don't agree is appropriate. So I'm having some challenges with um, it mentally, psychologically, ethically. Is um, it the guillotine? Yeah. Oh, yeah. They're not furloughed. They're gone. Well, you know, I meant like tr- really the guillotine. But okay. No. Are you, <laughs> no is she we don't actually use the, chopping their heads off? <laughs> we don't use the guillotine too often. <laughs> when you were saying you don't agree with it, I was but thinking it. To all seriousness, I don't know if Peg, Peggy or John, you've had to ever do that. That is, I've, I've uh, been in the position of having to notify people that they are being let go, shall we say. For for and sometimes it was just layoff situation and sometimes it was, you know, 
not a layoff situation. situation. Yeah, yeah, I don't have a problem doing it when it's performance based because you know if you don't yeah. perform, then you you are out. But I still think it's very difficult. <laughs> See, you're, I'm you're, with Shelly on this. I actually did it a lot, and I'm going to sound kind of I maybe I don't mean to be iconoclastic here. I mean it. I it's in a lot of circumstances, it's no problem. I'm like it is like I I had a lot of union presidents say to me that you know that firing someone is equivalent to capital punishment in jobs, and I'm like really I'm like people get another job. They just aren't a good fit here. It doesn't work. It's wrong for a million reasons. I mean, when it's wrong, it's wrong. I, John, I don't disagree with you, but I still think it's a very yeah, difficult. It's still uncomfortable. Thing. And no one, no one likes to be told under any circumstances that well, no one likes not to be told wanted. anything bad ever. That's why we have like 1950s, you know, suburbs with like you know ditzy hello people who don't John, who are John, all sunshine John. and light all the time. <laughs> that is, there are bad things that happen, and we have to yes. say no to each other yes, once in a while. What is going? Yes, John. All that is true. <laughs> But it doesn't mean one can't feel a pang of sorrow about it. So let me clarify, because that added a lot of um, I needed to have more words around it. I uh, don't have the ethical, moral angst about firing someone that doesn't perform their job. This I do. So that's that's the difference uh, with where I am. I can fire somebody, let somebody go if they don't perform and not have this internal turmoil. Well, get him another so you're job. Gonna quit? Get him another job. I've never had to do this before. Not as easy to get a new job under the current. Yeah, I understand. Conditions. We all know, but you can still help. You can help. So, are you going to quit, right. Shelley? No, 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 no. I'm not. Uh, I'm gonna. I have a couple things in my head that I'm tossing around as far as other options for them. But Molotov we're cocktails. Gonna, you know, John, we're going to give them John, options please. within the company. But um, oh, there you go. That sounds nice. One of the two janitor would be going to (laughs) no (laughs) going to a position they wouldn't want to do, and they'd have to move. So they won't take it. They'll leave. I'm sure. Peg, what's on the top of your mind? Well, I was been thinking about Baron Trump, and I was wondering if he's a real human or if he's like a (laughs) AI that's been made to look like a child. Okay. Do you hate him? The less said on that subject, the better. I really, he is a child. And although his parents are famous, I don't know that he should be accountable for the fact that his parents are famous. No, I don't think he's accountable. I just wondered about him, where he is, where we're not seeing him. Why is that on your mind or what brought that to your mind? Oh, I just think because the Trumps have been, you know, tested positive and we haven't heard about him. Well, is he's he been tested negative. It's been reported that he's been tested negative. Oh, so. good. See, I learned something. Oh, oh I, I didn't hear that either. Yeah, I didn't either. <laughs> okay, so Rosie before, O'Donnell wanted to know about him the other day on a podcast. Okay, I, I think to. we should not. I really think it's inappropriate. Listen, can I say something here? The person she spoke to didn't want to talk about children. It was Michael Cohen. He's like, I don't want to talk I think about it's children. Inappropriate to talk about. I know. Children I know. Of famous people. These are because norms. They're not public figures. Yes. Well, what is a public figure, Jim? Well, what about, first of so all, so you don't like talking somebody, about Apple Paltrow or whatever her name is. <laughs> I don't think you should talk about. It. I mean, if your parents were famous, would you want people like speculating about your personal life just because your parents are famous? No. Yeah, but, that's the whole point of having a famous parent. Yeah, it, there's good parts about it, but I'm there's also sucky parts about it and they didn't get to choose that yeah i'm right? with jim on this i'm with jim well, of on course this. but you could say that for i mean so you know many it's things. one look i think you should say anything you want to about donald and Mel- melania trump and the grown-up is it melania melania whatever it is and uh <laughs> wow grown-up kids are fine because they've chosen to live in the public eye Right. Okay. You know, somebody who's, I don't know, what is he, like 13 years old or something? I don't yeah, know. Yeah, something like that. He's a little kid. Yeah. I, I don't okay. think that's. I agree. All right, it's not. Fine. It's not you wow, know. we had a lot of controversial um, top of minds today. Tops of minds. <laughs> anyway, uh, we have another segment, which we do occasionally, which we are dubbing for these purposes feedback. John, do you have some listener feedback for us? I do. We had a uh, we had uh, six comments, but I'm going to encapsulate them in a few in a we few had six uh, comments. Uh, shorter 
Dang. Yeah, we had six wow. comments. Half our uh, three of them base. came in via email. One, I, I, one was a voice memo. Believe it or not, <laughs> somebody half- actually tried to send us a voice memo, but they were on it. But it, it, uh, it was really low quality. <laughs> it's unusable. Thank it's un- you. It's like, thank uh, you for whoever. I still did think that. we should play it. No, it's it's inaudible. It's inaudible. It would be it would be it's I literally think we inaudible. Play it because it's, it, no, know. it's like it's that. It's inaudible. It's completely inaudible. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be the nicest thing anyone says about me. One <laughs> feedback was regarding the bankruptcy episode, um, and it was this is from a longtime listener who told us basically she hates personal bankruptcies. She ran a small credit union at a local high school. And the credit union was basically provided inexpensive loans for teachers, you know, and their families. And those loans were made from the savings of other members. And when a member declared bankruptcy, uh, you know, she would actually approach them and say, hey, are you willing to redeclare your loan to us? Because we're not like a big bank. We're like a little loan. We're a little credit union. And it's, you know, your friends and coworkers and neighbors. And do you want to, you know, and no one ever gave a dime and they didn't care at all. And uh, and she, she just finds the the um, personal bankruptcy at that level disgusting. And she thought that Jim's uh, assumption about the goodness of bankruptcy assumed that all banks are and all money lending institutions are large evil corporations out to get the little guy. And she said there there's another world out there. First of all, I don't think that large corporations are evil. First of all, I do not <laughs> think that large corporations are here. Oh, Jim. Evil. There is no, there is no feedback to the feedback. Oh yes, there is. Peg. <laughs> it's a feedback it's loop. It's, like, it's ongoing. Wait, I have, I actually have an email to read later, but I will, we'll get to that. Go ahead. Go ahead to what? Go ahead with your you feedback. Have more the feedback. Next one, the next is one. That it? Is that oh, it? well, another one was no. There's more. No, there's several more. Another one was okay. um, feedback from a longtime listener who commented on Peggy and saying that uh, Peggy's comment about. Basically taking exception to Peggy's comment about how people who want to have babies uh, are like losers if they have no other reason to want to if they if they say they what? want a baby and it's like the so only reason is, to no, be on this Earth. This relates to the uh, designer baby issue, right? uh, poly okay. family episode. This right. is the poly family episode. Yeah, you should probably identify what conversation. We're <laughs> yeah, it's important. And, <laughs> that helps. And context. The, the person was basically saying that it's it's they didn't go into detail, but they said it's much more complicated than to just say you know some people like are pathetic losers who desperately want a baby and think their lives will be worthless if they don't have a baby. Uh, but they didn't go into detail on what was to be completely frank i pushed back and i was like give me details like what exactly are you saying and we didn't get a response but the base the, but there was an initial kind of gut reaction that it's more complicated than what peggy was throwing out peggy well of course everything's always more complicated and of course i didn't mean it like that but so i'm i'm not surprised that we got some feedback about that that's good we want to get feedback we want to stir it up yeah, it was great. It's a longtime listener too, somebody we love and respect. So another another listener, um, actually Peggy's mom, said no that boy. our topics are awesome, <laughs> and said your topics are consistently awesome, and you guys are awesome. So I thought I'd just put that out there. That was a positive one. We got some real positive feedback from Peggy's mom. Do moms count? She also going to give us cookies and lemonade. What do you mean? Do moms count? Those are our mom? only listeners. <laughs> 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 Shelly, does your mom listen? No, I will send her the recordings just to make it super easy. And she, I love her to death, but has an attention span, I think, now of a gnat. Because she'll say, (laughs) I listened to half of it. I listened to half of it. And that seemed uh, very persistent. But this seems, that seems to make my argument that these need to be shorter. Well, listen, here's, can I tell you guys, Peggy, tell your mother. you don't listen to any of them for any length of time whatsoever. Yeah, Peg, what's the last <laughs> one you listened to? Uh, the one with Janine. Oh, that's, that's the only that one you've ever listened to, isn't it? <laughs> uh, you need to listen to the one we just recorded where we were doing Mystery Science Theater 2000. No way. Because you, you are sure hilarious like on it. Yeah, it's a good one. You're Plus, funny. it was so boring the first time. I can't imagine doing it the second Sh- time. Shelly, you might, Shelly, you might want to tell your mom if she has that amount of time to devote, she should just do it in double time, and she'll get the whole episode in. Ooh. Yes, and she's retired. And I said, Mom, I listen to my books all the time with my headphones in, walking around my house. You know, it's just. Does she yeah, have headphones? I think, it's, I think it's yes. I think it's a generation thing. 
So plus it gets a little. Well, no, 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 no. I mean, hey, my, just to, just to parent. reveal to pull pull the curtain back for our listeners a little bit. The majority of our listeners get through about half to three quarters of the episode. Just oh, so yes. you know, it is it is. And actually, from what I can tell, reading about podcasts generally, it's how people are. We live in an ADD world, so I don't think yeah. it's, there's nothing generational about that. That's okay. true, also, by the way, about the t- when they do television ratings, they're based on like increments of like 10 minutes or something like people don't necessarily watch the whole show they watch like 10 minutes or 15 yeah i mean i frequently find myself now on netflix shows just constantly hitting that fast forward 10 seconds and just like watching and i'm like okay i get it i don't (laughs) oh i watched the whole thing in 10 minutes i watched the whole show in like five minutes i just get through the whole like yeah that's what i was talking about john but interesting note to send to your therapist but um Or do you have more, John? Do we have two more, more comments? One is from another longtime listener who said, "Yes, John, please, all of you, be more pithy." Okay, and then the next comment was pithy. Uh, the last comment was about Jim. Was to Jim. Jim, you mentioned you mentioned uh, that DC Fontana, the writer of the Star Trek episode that you guys did in the Star Trek episode, uh, was a longtime writer uh, for for Star Trek and well known. She is a woman. Yes, I knew that. I and you said he. Did I say he? That was just you said a mis- he. That was a misspeak. I did know that DC Fontana is a woman. I'm sorry. Okay. I, That's then it. that was my fault. That was a misspeak, not an intentional misspeak, but a, just a uh, mm. slip of the tongue. But it's was that nice comment to know- from our dear friend Nikki? No. It's nice ah. to know that people are still trolling me um i have two (laughs) bits of feedback to share one is i got a phone call yesterday from my good friend podcast guest beth shannon who said that a la our other friend laura manzione who we've had feedback from previously she has taken to listening to old episodes of the podcast while cleaning the house and she listened to the the special bonus episode with Peggy and Shelly and Janine talking about online dating. And her comment was, I must have dated all of the same people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah, those experiences are universal and they cross genders too. And in then many I ways. got this email. Here is this email. This is the entirety of the email. And this is to speak to all of those people who have something to say about my performance. Do you really get feedback about you talking less? Because you shouldn't listen to that. You are the lead of the show and usually have the most yes. interesting viewpoint. Yes! Uh, it is from there you Justin go. Mullins, who is the yes. editor <laughs> of our podcast. And by the way, have I mentioned that I think we should consider raising what we're paying him mm-hmm. for editing the podcast? Because... I think you raised it on your own so he would submit that comment. No, yeah. I didn't raise it on my own, but uh, it was nice oh, it's nice yeah. to know that there are a few people that root for the bad guy still so what can oh, I say oh, <laughs> not boy. the bad guy alright wow that's Fabulous. a lot of listener it's feedback it's nice to know there are some people actually listening to the podcast so we're ready for recommendations today we are going to talk about a topic that is near and dear to the heart of Peggy Bennett P to and the B Shelley. Peggy Bennett And so, Peggy, why don't you explain to us what we're talking about today? Well, uh, listeners, we're going to talk about space. And I don't, I mean, like outer space and space travel and space research. And this is all (laughs) coincidentally happening on the anniversary of when Sputnik launched in 1957, this day in history. Hmm. So I think and you we're talking that I about was unaware it. of that and didn't schedule this episode for that day. Right. That's why I said coincidentally. It's uh, I just found Wait, that out. Wait, the day we're recording it or the Wait, day we're releasing this? Peggy, the day did we you do recorded it? Peggy, yeah. did you do research for this podcast today? Yeah, I can't no. believe this. There's a I historical the fact. I get the day in history every single day, and I just happen to look I at think it this morning. As research, oh, Shelley, I think so. Counts. Absolutely, but you have to read the day in history thing when you get it. Yes, well, it's that the counts. very one on the top that all you have to do is read the headline. But guess what else happened on this day that I find way more interesting? In 1990, something that changed my life for the good. It has nothing to do with space. Jesus Jones came out with. Their you moved new album. to Chicago. 
No, it was the pilot episode of 90210. <laughs> Changed my life. The original life. or the read? <laughs> the original. Yes. The original, 1990. Wow. How did that change your life, my Peg? life. I love it. I still think about it. Because she fell in love with both Brandon and Brenda. No, I, I wasn't. I just loved the show. It's still a topic of conversation. I was so happy and, last and year who, when they did the reboot. Who was, your, who was your boy from that show, Peg? I didn't really have a boy. I didn't care about any of them. You weren't a Luke just, Perry? You didn't have a Luke Perry like fixation? or a No, I did Jason want Kelly to be with or... Luke. Yeah. Is that, is that show still how you guys think about L.A.? No, I don't even think about it. It could have been anywhere, and I would have loved it. it yeah. I didn't think about L.A. when I watched it. I just thought about those kids, those rich high school kids. Uh-huh. And you wanted okay. to be a rich high school kid? Is that what you're saying, Peg? No, I didn't want to. I just, it was escapism. But you don't want to escape to space. Hell no. <laughs> So did you, you watched every episode of it. <laughs> Wait a People are going to think oh, that the topic of this week's talk is 90210, which I'm okay. perfectly happy to do an episode about if that's what you guys want to talk about. <laughs> so no, I, did, I don't like space. I think it's boring. Okay, great. What about 90210? Um, Shelly doesn't like it either, right, Shell? What's boring about it? It's just like you don't like rockets. No, I don't like spending money on spacesuits that Tesla designed. You don't like those? (laughs) No, fashion forward. I don't like spending money on all that. Who cares? And at every movie I've ever seen about going to space doesn't work out. So let's just give it up. The movies are predicting. That didn't work out too well for a lot of people. I love aliens. She's a mother. She's like a mother. So, I didn't. I don't like space uh, for similar reasons because I feel like all the money that can go into the research for space and rocket fuel and all that other stuff should really be spent on things here in this country, like all of our starving children or cancer or curing some of these diseases that have been plaguing or man, for or God's homelessness. sake, give, give Flint, Michigan, clean water. So, um, so just to, just for the sake of clarity, we're talking about when you say you don't like space, you guys are talking about you don't think we should spend public money on space yes. exploration, but you're yes. okay with people spending private money? Yes. Is that your position money. also, shall, uh, Peg? Yeah, that's fine. And if people die doing it, I don't, you know, good for them. They took a risk. I don't want to hear about it 9,000 hours on the news and well, have a that's special... The, that's the news. Do you even like private money being spent on it? I mean, do you think like Elon and, and Jeff fine. Bezos I, shouldn't... They should spend that money on other stuff? I think they should they spend it on other that? stuff. But More like are they Bill prob- Gates Foundation stuff? But they probably are spending it on other stuff, so... Yeah, but they can I'm spend fine more of it on other stuff. Well, I'm fine with them having little side dalliances into space, but... Um, okay. As long as they're doing other things with Mars. it. Yeah. yeah. Like this Sputnik thing. I mean, don't send a dog to space. What did the dog ever do to get sent and to space all point? by himself? That's so mean. That was literally a lifetime ago. But I was the only person <laughs> on this podcast who was alive when that happened. So Was the dog named Sputnik? No. Oh. Sounds Probably like a dog name. Fido no. or something innocent. Um, Wait, it doesn't. It doesn't get your juices flowing to think about to think about like a plane, a, a plane taking off from New York and being able to land in Shanghai, which normally would take what eighteen hours or 19, 20 hours in a flight, and having it land in Shanghai thirty minutes later, which is what they're talking about for some reason. No. That doesn't like get your juices no. flowing. No, I, that's part of the and fun. And do you think that should be done? Super... That kind of work shouldn't be done. I like a Why? long flight. It's like escapism. Yeah. You get to be on a plane forever. <laughs> you get to watch a lot of movies, get some service. No, I don't want to get there in 30 minutes. It's not good for my my circadian rhythms. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think international travel is good for your circadian rhythms. <laughs> John and Jim, what do you like about space? Jim, go you go John. first. No, no, you go well, first. Well, I mean, for I, 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 I did what I always do in preparation for these episodes is I just thought about 
what we're talking about. And I, I all have evidence honest, to the contrary. Now, all evidence to the contrary. I, d- I definitely didn't do any research. I just think about it and I, I, I reflect. And the, my reflection resulted in me just saying, like, I really don't care. I mean, it, the the larger question that to me it raises of of should a society or should a government spend money on something that's kind of just pure research or just an idea, you know, an idea or a long shot or a moonshot, if you want to call it that, to use the current cliche. <laughs> uh, for me, the question, that question comes down to this basic uh, th- uncertainty I have, which is, do you need to have the existence of a radical end of the spectrum? Do you have to have something extreme in order for society to move in the direction of something that's better for everyone? So I have a really good friend who hates low-cost housing. She hates the phrase mm. low-cost housing. She finds it ridiculous because no one wants to live, she says, in low-cost housing. She's like, why the hell would you build something that no one wants to live in? Build great housing and then let it be low-cost, but you don't target low-cost housing. And for me, it's similar to the, the basic idea of when you're negotiating, you anchor high, right? You don't go into your boss and go, you know, can I just keep my job? You ask for a raise because you want things to get better. And then maybe you won't get the raise, but you also will lose your job. You anchor high in negotiation. You try for something more, and then you kind of fall back to something reasonable. You aim for the stars. You might make it to the moon. So for me, the basic question is, you know, how God, much should really you do that? I really have no idea where you are going with this, Don. Really, well, for uh... me, it's a philosophical question of do you need the existence of a more aggressive? Do you need something more ambitious in order to get the average, the mean of the curve? Do you need those tails? Do you need those tails pushing the edge of the envelope to get greatness in order to get the mean to move in a certain direction? And wasn't I think it, the answer is yes. Wasn't it? And it wasn't it. A- just competition with Russia. We had to be better than the Soviet Union, and it was this big lame. Who, who could do it well, first? Game. About, you're talking about the specifically the 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 moon, moon exploration landing. of the 1960s. Yeah, like when right? it all. I mean, isn't that when it all kind of kicked off the mo? It's the whole thing started. Well, I'm sure, they the were doing Sputnik stuff before. Was but... The first successful satellite launching. And obviously, there was concern for a variety of reasons at the time about that one of the concerns was whether there was going whether there was a military threat from the space you know the the question of the military use of space was very much a live issue at the time and it's easy i would say like a lot of these things in retrospect 60 years later to dismiss oh why were people worried about that you know and it's easy in retrospect because we know how the story of the Cold War turned out. But, you know, at the time, we didn't know how the story was going to turn out. Um, so that was one aspect of it. Another aspect was there was a, again, part of the Cold War, there was a a, a prestige competition, a sort of what they now call a soft power competition going on between the United States and other Western countries and what was then called the communist bloc, primarily led by the Soviet Union. And so the space uh, race, as it was called then, was a visible, mani- very visible manifestation of that. So you're not Joseph Nye you're said not, Joseph Nye is down on that that interpretation of soft power. I heard a podcast the other well, day with him. Okay. And he's kind you're of not wrong in saying that was part of. But I just want to make a point: is Peggy's not wrong in saying that that was part of the reason? Yeah, or a substantial part of the reason why in the 1960s that was a motivation for doing that. But I mean, do you think it's? I don't I don't think it's a bad thing that we were able to send people to the moon. Why are we talking about the moon? You guys, this is so boring. Let's talk about Mars. They're talking about Mars, a man a staff okay, mission to okay, Mars. Okay. I mean, Wait, this is like history. It seems to me that the principle still applies, right? And there were people Well, no, not really. Wait a minute. Let me John You're can going I finish into space, a statement. Either way. No, one is government, one's non-government. Can I oh, finish okay. what I was saying? There were people in the 1960s who were very vociferously said that we should, you know, to Shelley's point, said that we should be 
you know, we should not be spending money on this. We should be spending course, money on sure. problems at home. Yeah, so sure. I do think there's a connection between the two. I agree with that idea. We should, of course. There, there's a balance. Is all I'm saying. I don't think there's. So I, I guess my takeaway is that it's not shouldn't be zero, but maybe it was too much. I don't know. Maybe it was too much back then. I don't know. But it, well, but it shouldn't be zero. I don't think it should be zero. I agree. I don't think it should be zero. I'm, I'm okay with Elon Musk and other people who want to do it with their own money, regardless if they spend all their money on that. You can't regulate private funds, right? But um, I, yeah. but uh, when it comes to well, you government, can, actually, or, but well, you can, but then it's, it's then it's then you're living in a different place. Yeah, but but I, when it comes to government money or taxes and all of that, I feel like that's when um, it should be spent on earth. On earth. I guess my feeling... Go ahead. Go ahead, Peggy. I'm sorry. Well, I just wanted to just say something about, um, first of all, John, I totally agree with your friend and the low-cost housing, but I always thought of it when they call it affordable housing. I've never understood that. It's so What do you think they should call it? Just housing. It's just like, why do you have okay, to specify that, that I was it is targeted for people that can't otherwise afford to live? I know, at those but it, so that's a whole other thing something. about how housing is so. Even the affordable housing is no longer affordable. But anyway, um, the so when people look back on life and they think of moments in history, like they can remember where the what they were doing when Kennedy was shot, or they can remember what they were doing when Princess Di got in the car accident. You know, whatever big when the wall came down. Uh, walking on the moon is one that always comes up. So, I mean, it has a national pride, uh, big deal sort of feeling. I don't know why I'm saying that. I forget where I was going, but it was back when (laughs) you guys were talking about something a little (laughs) earlier. So for a lot of people, and look at all the movies that are made about it. And I sort of uh, conversely kind of enjoy movies about space. So I enjoy movies about space because it's, to me, somewhat imaginative. But I know some of that wouldn't be known with unless we did some research and we're actually there. But I, I, I just feel like the money that's spent on movies <laughs> sometimes is a struggle. Also, but I, I'm going there and what they're doing. I just I don't see the point. What do you mean the money spent on movies? You mean that the studios spend on making movies? You don't like yeah, that? Yeah, I mean, they spend millions yeah, and millions of it's dollars ridiculous. that could that's go to something money. else. That's all private money. I mean, we're yeah, not, we're not a government propaganda machine but that's making I, it. I want to take on the, the head the point here, which is that, in my opinion, the government, our government, any government, in my opinion, should spend money supporting scientific research, technological research, and space is part of that. And I don't have any particular problem with the government spending money on space research any more than the government spending money on, you know, physics or chemistry or anything like that. And scientific research, even if the application, even if the immediate benefit like, I don't think, and I think this is an important distinction, is that even if there's no immediate, like, tangible benefit, the fact that it increases our base of knowledge by doing research, by doing <laughs> science in all areas, is an important advance. And uh, making us have a better understanding of the physical universe we live in whether it's by, you know, okay, creating, okay, okay. you know, I get these it. large... I, Peggy agrees with this. This is a classic gym trick. He makes the extreme argument so, I mean, that we're making and then we answers it. Why spend money on space exploration so, as part of science? I want to think we should spend zero. Right. We yeah. don't think that. Yeah. And I well, don't how much are we gym. spending right now? Exactly. The question is, what's the limit? And I think Peggy was making the extreme statement, if you want to call it that, as a form of hyperbole, just yes, to make a more interesting you. podcast. Yes, I don't think she I, thinks... And that's why you're responding to people saying we should spend nothing on pure research. No one no, on this podcast no. thinks we should no, spend nothing on pure no, research. John, I'm not saying that. And I'm not saying anybody is saying that. I'm simply saying that I don't think space research is any different than any other form of scientific research. And honestly, I think we probably should be spending more money 
on all areas of scientific research, probably including space research. So do you want to know how much NASA spent? I just looked this up on um, in FY20. Yeah. $22.6 billion. Okay. Now, Shelly, do you realize that in the spring, the federal government in one bill alone spent over $2 trillion for relief for the COVID thing, which I think was well spent. Yes. But my point is $22 billion is 1% of that total. Well, that's it's all fake money. They're like, I mean, it's, what, it's not fake money. It's I know it's not money. truly fake money, but it's money that we don't really have, right? So yes, we do have the money. This again, this goes back to how people don't really understand how economics works. But look, it's real money, and we shouldn't just throw real money away. But twenty-two billion dollars on space research is a very, very small amount of the federal budget. Right. So let's talk about that because this is, I do find this this nerdy part super interesting. I love the budget. <laughs> so what I percentage of I the also, federal budget should be spent on pure in? research? Yeah. So Before I we finish, do that, I want to actually quick, go ahead. Shell. I just want to say that, I, that John's exactly right. I'm, I'm exaggerating when I say I hate space. And the truth is, I don't know anything about it. I don't follow it. I don't, I'm not qualified to have this conversation. It's just a reaction I have when we all talk about space or we have to watch the, the launch and then it gets canceled because the wind is blowing in the wrong direction or it explodes or, you know, so I, it's just a, it's something I'm not that interested in and I don't know anything about it. Okay. I'm done. Yep. So, but to finish what I was saying, which goes along a little bit with Jim's point, that 22.6 billion represented 0.48% of the 4.7 trillion that the US was going to spend was going to spend in FY2020 but that was before covid hit but since the inception of the space program the US has spent 650 billion but that goes back over a period of over 60 years correct? yeah and since there was its inflation yeah so that's very hard to meet for meaningful. So for me, the only Get way to have this, this conversation meaningfully is if you actually want to talk about like what is the threshold of what pure re what the government should spend on pure research in all sciences or in specifically in space research. I think you have to talk about it in terms of percentages. What and I think and I usually what I find interesting and I don't we don't even need to have the conversation because people eyes may be glazing over at the thought of talking about a federal budget. But I would say what I find interesting is usually when you get people to say what percentage of the federal budget should be spent on research or on space exploration or on anything cancer, people give numbers or on foreign aid, people give numbers that are hilariously disconnected from reality, and there, and I think it just it it it's it it goes to show how incredibly complicated the federal budget is and what what our priorities are because we should the definitely percentage be we spend on research on is important. Aid. Yeah, right. Well, I agree. No, we it's should. A, we should. Well, but it's. I mean, I just. You know, we we talk about it all the time, but it's like what 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 percentage of the federal budget should we spend on it? Because that's that's the question we're talking about. We're not no, talking about I, dollars. I don't, I don't. I don't really think that's the issue because that assumes that a the federal budget you know, is a finite amount of pie and that we, you know, it's a question of who the, the federal budget for purposes such as this is almost not a finite in any sense. Now, that literally is not true. There that sounds like be, Peggy's comment then, that yeah, it's all just right. made up money. Well, no, mm -hmm. but there's... But it's just endless. Look, there's always look, enough. The federal government spends money. And you, again, it's not like there is only so much money in the world and if you spend some of it on this, you can't. That may be true for you and I because we only have access to so much resources, but the federal government represents the value of the entire country. And therefore, as long as that, as long as people accept the currency, the U.S. currency, and there's no indication that U.S. currency is no longer being accepted, there's a very simple existing test for when the federal government is spending too much money. It's, it, it exists. It's basically foolproof, and it's called inflation. If inflation starts to get out of control, then you have to worry about government spending. And inflation <laughs> in the United States has been remarkably stable for almost the past 40 years. 
too stable, some might argue. That's why the Fed just decided they're going to let go of the reins a little bit and try to encourage a little yeah, inflation. But that's just temporary during the recession. And, and they're not sure the they're able to do it. Well, the point is, John, and we don't want to get sidetracked on another discussion. The point is that stability of prices is a good thing. And people who say that it is not a good thing are, again, misunderstanding how the economy works. Stability is a good thing. If you start to have inflation, you need to nip it in the bud, but there is no indication of that. And as long as the federal, as long as inflation doesn't become an issue, the federal government can spend money. Okay. It's not the same as us having to balance each of us individually, so to speak, having to balance our checkbooks, which I realize is a well. So, so let me reframe the space reference. the space discussion a little bit and ask the, this question and say, let's say that, that that I mean one of the stated goals of a space exploration is this idea that you know we're going to fuck up Earth. Excuse my language. We just got an E on our podcast. Sorry. Um, we, uh, we're going to Earth's going to be messed up, and therefore we need to have other options, whether it's the Moon or Mars or now I guess Venus is back on the table for possibly having life. So, uh, based on the article that I saw last week or the re, the the discovery last week about what's in their atmosphere and Venus's atmosphere. But if we need to find life, need find another place to live, or we need to find a new source of resources to keep life on Earth going, the question is what percentage of our of our effort? You know, how much effort should we put into that? Is it is it literally like like almost zero? Like, you know, hey, look, if this gets that bad, we're screwed, it's over. Or uh, you know, is there would reasonable people agree that we should be spending, you know, like a lot? We should really be putting a lot into this. Is where that. I wanted to come in with that um, because that's what I was thinking about. And with making Shelley's argument, let's focus on instead of going to Venus and Mars and everywhere to find more water or you know air breathable so we can live there. There's so much stuff focus on here, alternative energy. Let's conserve the water we have in, on Earth instead of looking elsewhere. That's what drives me crazy about it. Instead of just deplete, 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 quit with the oil. You know, this, that's what grosses me out about spending all that money to go find a place to live so we can sustain our... We can go to another planet and spoil it. Right. Why can't we both do research on and implement recyclable forms of energy and also because we're do lazy and people just want to live the way they live and selfish and yeah, no, not sacrifice money may not right. be limited but effort is i mean there's only so many hours in the day and there are only so many people and there's so much talent on the war in the yeah, world the that can I be heard, directed we have toward a, things a underemployed labor force so i'm well, not I, sure I, that I, okay don't makes sense. yeah but let's take that off the table just theoretically at the end of the day if if you if, if there was no underutilized labor we would have a limited amount of talent, a limited amount of effort I mean, that we can put forth. I just don't forth. think we've ever been close to that capacity in the history of the world. So I guess theoretically we could possibly reach that, but I don't think it's ever happened. Well, I agree. It hasn't happened. I mean, it's. I, I, I think it's fine. I mean, the, the, this to me is similar to the pandemic. This is... So you're talking... So you're you're posing a very hypothetical and by that point we'll have computers that do all this stuff so that it will free up even more human effort time well, no i don't do think that's that. the point i think this is along the lines of what peggy's saying and, and peggy tell me if i'm mis, if i'm misrepresenting a little but it to me it seems like what what the the core of the argument is the effort that we're putting into whatever per- amount of effort that we're putting into space i mean jim you're basically saying we can do it all i get that i mean but if it, if if there's if there's a bunch of talented people who are being drawn to do to develop new rockets for SpaceX or for you know Tesla or something, and those people could also be the per- people who discover a cure to cancer or who could discover you know a way to I don't know to, to build a machine that would fix something else. Why would we? Why wouldn't we want to encourage those talent to go in that Let direction? Let me respond to this in two ways, John. First of all, on the most basic level, physicists and engineers who work on space are unlikely to be working on the cure for cancer because it's a different skill set. I Secondly, get that. They have to be interested wanna, in it. If you're just talking about generally, then why should we encourage anyone to be an English teacher or an artist or anything like that? Because they could be more productively spending their time working on a cure yeah. for cancer. 
Yeah. I mean, it's the same argument. And it's obviously we need art and we need science and we need basic research and we need research into cancer and we should be, but we, but you know, we shouldn't we be do it stopping all. people from doing what Galileo and Newton were doing, which wasn't trying to cure cancer, but was still valuable in increasing our knowledge base. Anything sure. that increases our knowledge base, in my opinion, is good. Well, just like you say, we can encourage, encourage. We we have a, a kind of limitless amount of talent. We can we can do space exploration and try to cure cancer it, and along have the good same movies. lines. And a lot, have good and art. have good movies <laughs> and, and have, have good, good art. Politics. We can have it all. And, we can have know, it all, Jim. I get it. We business. can have it all. Okay. I understand. But we also. But I, I'm telling you, as a as somebody who's a teacher for a very long time, children and people are encouraged. And, and have interests nurtured from a very early age in areas and can be, and I'm not saying like mandated to go into, into certain fields or certain areas, but they can be encouraged and inspired in areas. And it often, often, I'd say the majority of people I know, former students I've had who go to college and change majors, do it because they were inspired by a particular professor in a different area than they thought they were interested in. That happens all the time. Agreed. So what's your point? The idea is we can ins- if we can direct society a li- we can encourage people to do things and put resources toward encouraging people to do different things, not forcing them, encouraging them to do that. We can encourage more people and we should to get encourage- into virology. So they and and and, and, we, you know, and where is the other indication types of that there is not people aren't encouraged to go into cancer research. See, this is see, this is your straw man thing. Why do you always make it extreme? I'm not saying that's not that it's not <laughs> that there's not people doing it. It's not one or the other. It's well, that that's my there whole is the point. Existence. That is the point. It's not one or the other. That's exactly no, no. <laughs> the point. It's not can... one or the other. People should be encouraged to follow their interests. Right. But unfortunately, that leaves out the actual content of the interests. People don't – chemistry professors who inspire college students to become chemistry majors don't get up every day in front of class and say, follow your interests. They actually teach chemistry. Yes, I understand <laughs> and the that. And if they find a student them. that's interested in chemistry, obviously they encourage them. Well, let's just say if I had a kid who was interested in pursuing space research, I would not pay for their college education. Then they should be pursuing space research. If if your niece, Maddie, was interested in doing space research, would you be like, oh, you shouldn't do that? That's a waste of time? Yes, and I would never talk to her again. That's ridiculous. <laughs> You're lying now, Peg. You are now lying. Uh, that's awesome. And of course, if Maddie, I would be, you would be, you would encourage her. You'd be supportive. Her hours. And you, you should, because people should pursue their interests. Oh, and your in, bliss. A, in a so Joseph world, Campbell, which we don't live in, people would all be able to make a living pursuing their interests. I agree with all that. Unfortunately, that that isn't the world we live in, and it's never going to be the world we live in. But there is no reason why we shouldn't be encouraging people to go into whatever kind of scientific interests they have. But, but Jim, and that's not how it works. That's not how it actually works. It doesn't work, and in, in the abstract, it's not. People are not encouraged in the abstract. People. Get I'm excited not about something. With you, but that point is irrelevant. Right. Your point is true, but irrelevant, John. <laughs> You're saying something that's true that everybody it's, agrees it's to and has no impact on the conversation. No, it, the, let me explain. Please. So if a, chi- <laughs> a child does not, if you, if you spend every day saying to a child, you know, follow your interests, you. do whatever you want. That's nice. But at some point, the child is probably going to want to talk about, I don't know, building blocks sure. or is going to want to talk about John, mixing up I things know, in the actually, kitchen. Still at this point, more about raising children than you do. But go ahead. Well, it's not oh, about raising that's children. a I'm different doing, topic. That's a different topic. But I'm saying you can let me put it in, in educational terms that, that a teacher gets up in front of children yes. and actually talks John, about content this already five minutes ago. I agree with you. What is your point? They are encur- people are encouraged to do things that they come in contact with, and they come in and and the things they come. It's not an abstract idea that encourages people to do uh, John, something. Again, you've said this already, and I agree area. with you. What is your point? 
Well, therefore, therefore, your comment that it's important to just abstractly say, follow your bliss is meaningless and worthless to the conversation. It is not meaningless, but what is the point in terms of the space topic of all this blather about how the fact that people are inspired by their teachers or whatever to go into follow certain subjects? Of course they are. How is that impact on whether or not there should be public support for space research? No. So people should be encouraged to follow their interests, as you say. Yes. But the way you do that is you direct resources and opportunities. Jim, Congress could pass a law saying funding free paid internships for I don't know, for virology, yes, for high and they school do. seniors. They have, I, they support well, cancer so, research. So it's not, so when Congress does that, it's not Congress passing a law that says, I will pay everybody who tells me they're, in, they're following their I bliss gets that. $100. What's your point, John? But rather, it's directed at something specific. Right. And you're and making a the, general no, term that's like up is, in the my ether. My point is, we do support cancer research. We should continue to support cancer research. We should pay more for cancer research. You think we should do everything. We should also do that. What should we not do, Jim? Let me ask you this. Jim, what should we not fund? Well, let's see. We should not fund, uh, you know, imprisoning innocent people. We should not. (laughs) Who argues that? Who argues in favor of that? I have have an idea what we we should should fund. We, should we not shouldn't fund this podcast. We should, yes. The government should not fund this podcast. Yeah. I agree with oh, that. Jim's going to make We shouldn't fund pain and suffering. No, we should right, fund I'll give you an example. I mean, we, we should, should treat, treat Jim. We should not treat helpless we should animals. Not ineffective, in effect, subsidize certain ways of making a living, such as, for example, taxing capital gains and carried interest at different rates than what we call earned income. Oh, my income. God. Okay. We shouldn't you fund mass on research. <laughs> Why not? Because I, and I'm not making that up. That came up on my genome web. Why is that some a bad discovery thing to fund? for mast? Okay, number one, mastodons are dead. Yes, but we can learn about them. If we learn well, for, more about the world and what happened and why these creatures are died, that Jim increases our base everything. of knowledge. Jim wants to fund everything. Jim You're wants an everything educator, funded. John. We should be educating people. We should know as much as we can about everything I in agree, the world. I agree, Jim. I agree, Jim. But we cannot fund everything. Well, first of all, we haven't come anywhere close to reaching the limit of what we can fund. Well, we can, we have reached the limit of how many bills Congress can pass in one session, and we know it ain't very much. They're not doing much, so we are limited in what we're actually going to get done. That's not a that's not a physical limit. That's a political limit. That's fine. I'm whatever six to one. I don't care. It's a limit. It's not the point six is it's limited. You want unlimited. The point of the discussion is that the politics should be that we should be doing more. The political argument should be that that in this country, at least, the federal government should be doing more. It's not doing enough across all sorts of fields. It's not doing enough on housing. It's not doing enough on medical care. It's not doing enough on scientific research. It's not doing enough to support education. We should be doing more about all of these things. And that's the political argument. I don't think anybody disagrees with you, Jim. The point is... We cannot get there. And whether That's we can't get true. there because of we effort or money, get there. We, we haven't in the past. We haven't in the past. We have, what we society has gotten there, there in the history of the when world? We have spent more and increased the amount of money we've spent on these things. I get it. So it's just perpetually spending more. I get it. There's no end, there's no limits. There is a limit. I've explained to you inflation tells you when you're spending too much. I'll tell I can tell you one <laughs> positive thing about my from my perspective about space research and exploration is that uh, the generation of jobs that it creates for the scientists, the people that have to make the spacecrafts and all of that that goes into that that goes back into the economy that goes back into Absolutely. supporting their families. So yep. it, from that angle, I'm certainly supportive. And I'm I I like Learning. I mean, I think learning is essential to everything that we we do in life. I just think that there you have to prioritize where you're spending your effort and your money and assess that goal constantly. Are we reaching that goal? And if we're not, we have to reassess and redirect. 
Shelly, that's beautiful. And I think this is a good time to end the podcast. Permanently, I agree. Mean, you mean end I the agree. podcast permanently, not this episode, right, Peg? Let's be clear what you're saying here. I think it's time to talk about our recommendations. I think you're right, Peg. This has been a riveting, riveting discussion, and I have not changed a single feeling I have about space and how much I hate it. Well, Peg, we've always had great success changing your mind on any topic. But I am ready for the next the Hollywood time, Peg, blockbuster about the topic. your mind about anything. Seriously. Oh, it happens all the time. Like, I don't know. Example, I can't think of it Give us right an now. example. No. Not, you can't put me on the spot like that. She didn't prepare Especially for when that we're one. 56 minutes into the podcast. Oh, my Time God. To- Wait till we add the sound effects. It'll be even longer, Peg. <laughs> we can edit it down. We can get this down to 20 minutes. No, we're I'm not so sorry get about clearing my throat. Minutes. I thought I was on mute. Well, that we're going to keep in. In fact, that's going to be the sound effect we're going to use to introduce recommendations from here on out. <laughs> Who would like to start the recommendations? Peg, would you like to go first? Sure. So unlike John, I absolutely love the fall and I love the everything it brings. Cooler weather, changing leaves, dreary days, early putting on my pajama pants in the dark at 5 p.m. Love it. Love it. Love it. Do not like getting love up in the dark. Love my down comforter on my bed when it got colder. Love having the window open. There's just nothing about fall that I don't Love. Sounds like Julie and Andrews singing my favorite things from the sound of my music. Oh, I sang that to my son last night. Is a drink <laughs> that I call Quitty, and I can't remember why I call it that. How do you spell that, Peg? K W I T Y. And it's what? a shot of bourbon or whiskey with apple cider, either hot or cold. And a couple drops of lemon juice. Oh. So it's and if you do it cider, cold, you put lemon it... juice, and whiskey. Yeah, it's delish. And it's we and call drops it of what kind of juice? Lemon. Oh. Preferably fresh squeezed, but it doesn't have to be. Wow. On ice? It, Is this on ice? If no, you do it's cold, hot. it's on ice. If okay, you want it's on ice, it's cold, so hotter. For the cold. second day time in a row, Peg is recommending a beverage. What is really it? what Does I recommend anybody last remember time? including Peg what she recommended the last time we did recommendations? I don't. I don't either. Uh, she recommended a beverage called Two Chicks. Oh, I do remember this actually because it's on oh, yeah, the website. Right. And if you want to uh-huh. buy it, you can buy it and then we get money from Amazon. <laughs> but Quiddy is not help the podcast that way. It's a drink that you mix, right? Do you make it up, Peg? Yeah, it's a homemade. homemade. Sounds delicious. Did you make it up or did somebody introduce you to I, this drink? I made up the drink and somebody else named it, and I can't remember why we call it the Quitty. K W Y T Y. Many of them, it's time to yeah. Quitty. Uh, yeah. It might be a football player. <laughs> That's a good one. Oh, yeah. no. I haven't hey, laughed at Jim's jokes. I haven't laughed like at a Jim joke in a while. That are you going to recommend another fingernail polish like you did last time? Wow. Uh, no, that was mood polish. <laughs> I did not. Uh, No, I am going to recommend a book. Oh, called called... How to Apply Mood Fingernail Polish. (laughs) I am going to say to Jim that he is being very condescending. I'm sorry. (laughs) Potentially sexist. But you know that I am the most important person on the podcast. I'm going to say to Jim. That went straight to his head. Straight to his head. Jim, are you going to recommend another 18 books? (laughs) Yes. I hope you've got your pen and your pad and paper out so you can write this down. Okay, so I'm going to recommend the historical novel called Before We Were Yours by Lisa Wingate. And this book is based on a lot of true facts from the Tennessee Children's Home Society, which was a, a guise for an adoption agency. But it's set in like 19... 19- 39 Memphis, Tennessee moves to South Carolina, but it's about this family was that was actually separated these kids that were taken from their parents. And this woman, Georgia Tan, who was a real person, ran this super lucrative child kidnapping and adoption ring for 20 years. And she would steal these kids and even babies from their parents like they were 
living along the river or they were just poor. And then it's estimated that she did this to over 5,000 children. Wow. And at least 500 are believed to have died under her care. And they would be chained to the basement. They were molested by the janitor who was supposedly the cousin of the person who ran the house. But then they were sold to uh, rich people, movie stars, um, high society, senators, governors. So there's kind of two stories going in one and then it comes together. And it is amazing and heartbreaking at the same time. But it's it's a really easy, kind of a little bit fluffy read. And I did not know that it was based on um, this true existence of this uh, Tennessee baby kidnapping person. And, and even now, 70 years later, the survivors are still trying to find their uh, relatives. So it was kind of cool to read it and, not, and thinking, oh, this is just a novel, blah, blah, blah. And at the very end, when you listen to it, it showed, uh, it, it talked about the real life um, circumstance. And then I've gone online since then to read about this lady. I was going to say a lot of things, but I don't want to get a double E rating on our podcast. Ooh, two comments well, about that. A couple that. things. That's was one of them exactly an adjective? Opposite. Yeah. That's so again, exactly opposite saying, of hey? the experience we had with reading Daisy Jones and the Six. Thought yes. it was Daisy true Jones and it and wasn't Six, true. Which they are making into a uh, miniseries, by the way. And then the next thing is, is I don't think that Jim would um, support funding chaining (laughs) kids in the basement. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm I'm against that. (laughs) Okay. I'm against that. (laughs) (laughs) Research into chaining. Whether it was federal or personal. No, I'd be against it. I'm against it. (laughs) Jim is on the ropes. Yes, Peggy. Go ahead, John. Tell us. uh, I have two recommendations. Foot cream or surrogacy. I have two recommendations actually today, Ah. so I I couldn't choose. So I'm just I'm just going to go for them. They're both brief. One of them is actually John, a you product. have to choose because by by doing this, you're directing young people one way or the other, and there's no, only Jim. limited amount of Jim, effort. Jim, we have available. unlimited effort. We can put as ma- I can make as many recommendations as I want. There's unlimited time. People just want to keep listening Do to it. this podcast. Make as many recommendations. My first recommendation is uh, I Kill actually have now. never I have never purchased clothing on the internet until last week. I finally broke down. I have been wanting a new pair of jeans for. Uh, like I haven't had a pair of jeans for like a few years. Uh, the last pair I had were, uh, was a, a brand that I bought in Barcelona, like honestly, 15 years ago. Uh, and I just kept wearing them, and they they literally shred to nothing. And I was and I the last couple of years I haven't. So I broke down and I went online and I bought a pair of the jeans I had before because I love them. And I have to tell you, I do recommend this company as goofy as it is. It's a Swedish company, and they're called Nudie Jeans, N U D I E. How do you spell it? N-U-D-I-E. And they are, and they are, they're, I, I bought them just because they were comfortable. But now that I see their marketing, I'm just so entertained by the stupidity of it that I'm, I'm both, I both love and hate them. So the, the thing about nudie jeans <laughs> is they, you are, you are never supposed to wash them. Just over as you wear them, you're supposed to just hang them out in the air and let them dry. And after you buy them online, they begin sending you these videos on YouTube they've made. And there's this one you see where this it's this middle-aged guy in Sweden walking around his house and the camera's following him and he's walking in slow motion or the, the family is in slow motion. And there's a voiceover of the guy going like, yeah, I have a tough life. I don't have time to wash my jeans. And like, uh, and then it's like, he's like walking into the kitchen, making coffee and then walking on the backyard. And then it ends with like, he holds a baby and he's like, cause I have more important things to do than wash my jeans. And, uh, and I, I was, I was cracking up. It took itself so seriously, the YouTube video. And I thought, okay, why did I buy this stupid product? But I actually really find them to be great jeans. So if you're interested in buying something online, you can return them, you can return them easily. And the other cool thing about them is they guarantee for life they will repair them if they break. You can just mail them in and they repair them and send them back to you. And it's a pretty cool company. So Nudie Jeans, that's my that's my recommendation for a product. Then the other thing is really simple, which is I am standing here in Chicago, Illinois right now looking at the mail-in ballot that I received yesterday in the mail from the state of Illinois or the city of Chicago. And I encourage you right now, if you haven't voted, in Illinois, you, early voting's already started. You can go vote, but uh, it's probably not true in other places. But I, if you haven't gotten your mail-in ballot and you don't want to risk coronavirus, do your mail-in ballot right now. That's my second recommendation. Okay. Everyone should vote. I think that 
we can all agree on that. Hopefully we all agree on that. I'm yep. going to recommend a streaming service, which is not new, but just recently came to my attention. It is called Canopy, K-A-N-O-P-Y. And what is interesting about this streaming service is that it is free for individuals. It is done. Unfortunately, it's not. Basically, it is a streaming service that partners up with public libraries. Unfortunately, it's not partnered with every public library system, but it's partnered with the one I use locally. Uh, and uh, basically, you can watch movies and shows for free. There's a limit to the number per month. I think it's 10 per month, but you can watch them for free if you have a if your public library system participates and if you have a library card, which hopefully you have, you should have anyway. So Canopy, K-A-N-O-P-Y, I recommend that. That's it. Hello. Thanks for listening. John, are you taking us out? Do the thing you are. Well, everybody, thanks for listening. Uh, we'll be back in another fortnight with another episode of you know meaningless banter and anger management. Um, <laughs> and we will. Uh, in, in the meantime, we really appreciate you listening. If you've listened this far, you're a saint. Um, I, I if you send me an email saying that you're listening this far, I will send a letter to the Pope asking for you to be canonized. Um, <laughs> we, um, you can, you can also, if, if you don't want to do that, you can also just go on uh, into Apple podcasts and review us. If you go to the website in search of an argument.com and sign up and give us your email, we'll send you an email when new po- podcasts come out. It's nothing. There's no marketing involved in this. It literally is just an email from me. That's going to come every fortnight. And it's going to say, here's the new episode and click here to listen. It's real simple. Um, it also will give you a bunch of links for, how to go to our website and subscribe. I have We put up a new piece on our website that actually has about all the different podcast services that people have told us they use or that they seem to like, uh, where you can sign up and subscribe to our podcast and give feedback if you like. But obviously, Apple Podcasts is the kind of granddaddy and the the 500-pound gorilla here. So if, you go, if you're listening there, please give us a review or at least give us a rating. And um, as always, we love your comments. We would love it if you sent us a voice memo. That's the best way we like comments because we... Uh, Paraphrasing. The voice quality is not good enough to play. Yeah, but the paraphrasing so. of whatever it is you send to us in an email is always going to be poorly done by me, and I'm going to spin it to what I really wanted to say. So you probably want to <laughs> get your own words on the podcast as a way of avoiding my mis, uh, misinterpreting what you're saying. So please send us a voicemail. If you have an iPhone, just say, hey, Siri, open voice memos, and then record it and hit that little share and share to in search of an argument uh, at gmail.com, and we will we'll get it and we'll play it on the air and talk about it. Um, and in the meantime, we thank you for listening and have a fantastic we, fortnight. We, 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 we thank Ted Jim. and Lee for the music. Oh, yeah. We thank Ted and Lee for the music. And, and we Justin thank Mullins Justin for Mullins edit. for the editing, it's, which is getting increasingly complex because we are increasingly asinine in our recording. So, <laughs> uh, Justin, great thanks to you for putting up with our crap. And, Ted, thanks for doing this. What have I, I missed? That's Bye. it. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye. Bye.